Welcome to A Positive Podcast. A Positive Podcast is powered by OK Clarity. More about them later in the show. I just want to let you all know that one thing that OK Clarity is actually offering right now, which is really special, they curated a list of professional therapists, coaches, etc., who are offering their services for free or for a very generous sliding scale. So this is specifically for anyone who's been affected by the war in Israel. If it's you or someone you love that could use this kind of assistance or support, please email support at okclarity.com. I think this is a beautiful initiative and it's going to help many. So thank you to our sponsor, OK Clarity, for once again sponsoring today's episode. If you are interested in sponsoring an episode, please reach out through my website, apositivecoach.com. In addition, if you're looking to hear more information or to see if it's a fit for you, if positive psychology-based life coaching would be something that you might gain from, you can set up a free consultation today, but you need to reach out through my website, apositivecoach.com. So welcome to another episode in our special installment of our series called Voices for Israel. Usually our podcast explores topics like mental health or in growth mindset and different ways that we can better ourselves. But today our hearts are directed towards Eretz Yisrael, to Israel, our brothers and sisters who are facing challenges in this difficult time, and us as well in America who are feeling the effects here on our own streets. In this episode, I have the privilege of sitting down with Chaya Belsky, a friend of mine, and she also is a dedicated professional from Charity, a cutting-edge marketing platform which is designed to facilitate fundraising for various causes. And she is joined by Gali Diskin, who is has boots on the ground in Israel. She's very passionately involved in supporting the displaced people that have been affected by the war from the South, um, aiding soldiers, providing essentials from meals to therapy to toys to clothing for children and everything in between. And we kind of delve into Gali's personal journey. We explore her triumphs over pain and struggle that led her to this point where she is today. Her story is one of resilience that will undoubtedly leave you feeling uplifted and inspired. We also hear from one of the driving forces behind Charity's um, office, which is called, his name is Menachem from Charity, and he's going to shed some light on the significant impact that their organization is making during these crucial times. So get ready for an episode that is not only informative, inspiring, but also bold in its dedication to sharing the collective voice for Israel. So sit back, relax, and be ready to grow. The Positive Podcast is brought to you by OKClarity.com. OKClarity is the place for any Jew, no matter how religious you are, to find an excellent therapist, psychiatrist, coach, or nutritionist. And it's completely free for you to use. OKClarity.com's professionals are vetted, and they have extensive experience working with the Jewish community. Yes, you can even find me there because I'm listed as a coach. If you're in the market for a therapist, a coach, a nutritionist, a psychiatrist, or the like, you want to check them out. If you don't find what you're looking for, they have a concierge service where you complete a short form and they will personally match you with someone. Just an important side note, if you are a wellness professional, I highly recommend joining their directory. Their team is amazing and I've received referrals from their platform. And OK Clarity has an amazing WhatsApp status with over 8,000 obsessed followers. And yes, I am one of them. Their WhatsApp is a free way to improve your mental health and they post great humor. So you'll laugh too. If you have WhatsApp, shoot them a message at 917-426-1495. Again, that's 917-426-1495. We'll put the links to their website and their WhatsApp in the show notes. So you can find those links and go ahead smash those links. You will not regret it. And now back to our show. Hey, welcome to another episode of a positive podcast. About a few days ago, I was reached out by my friend Chaya Abelski, and she really is enjoying the podcast, our special episodes on a voice for Israel. And she had an idea for another episode. I was very excited to hear about it. So Chaya, why don't you get right into it and tell us what it is that your that your company is doing and explain us a little bit about the background so we can understand what it is that we can be of help and how we can also be part of this. Thank you so much. So when I listened, and I'm a religious listener to your podcast that I enjoy very much, and the fact that you, as a professional, took the time to give voice, voice for Israel we at Charity have started a Stand for Israel initiative to support 
the frontline efforts and the communities near Gaza and beyond. It, it's in it, in this like most remarkable display of, of global solidarity, everything that each of us are witnessing, the unity that's happening. We, on our crowdfunding campaign, have already raised more than $25 million uh, to help more than 212, uh, up to 214 organizations you know, from that, from all, all of these organizations are helping the Jews that were affected by this October 7th massacre and this Operation Iron Sword. And within just, right when it happened, we as a company got together and Menachem, I'm so glad that you're here with us because you can definitely tell us more. We got together and we knew that everything we are about is fundraising and everybody's head is focusing on Israel so within, as soon as we, you know, we had this idea and we put the page up, they this, this initiative became probably the largest fundraising platform for immediate war relief. And contributions are coming in, pouring in from a vast network of people individually, and obviously people from the international community. So Menachem, you can, you know, you can give us more of a, uh, uh, perspective and you know what charity is about on a regular day and what charity is about today of what's going on with with Israel. Yes, that will be a great and because many people may not know what charity is. I do personally, and um, we proudly use charity at our Chabad here as well. But give us a little brief overview as well, so that our listeners can understand fully. Well, thank you very much uh, for having us. Charity, we consider ourselves a um, fundraising consultancy company. Most people look at us as a platform. There are many fundraising platforms out there. We definitely uh, have, I believe, the best fundraising platform, but we look at ourselves as um, fundraising consultants where the focus on peer-to-peer -peer fundraising are the kishkas, the main the, the, of, of the company is helping organizations, you know, re reach reach their potential, try, try to activate their friends and strongest supporters and really help them reach their potential. Usually we're in average day, we help regular nonprofits, whether it's small, small to large, from, school, from small organizations and schools with 12 girls inside of it to large universities that have thousands of, of, of students, whether it's a small um, organization that's helping um, special ed kids to feed, feed to, to feed to feeding um, poor people. The entire gamut. We have you know international team professionals that have that are that are there to help and have experience in fundraising and help and helping and help and helping many nonprofits. Comes to a crisis, the first the first phone calls that happen. I still remember the when when there was a um, attack in Jersey City. We, we got a phone call. We had a page up and running during that during the crisis was still happening. People call us up during many different crises, and usually at that, that point, you know, we're able to activate pretty quickly and and help out. Whether it's when someone passes away and they want to raise money for the family, or whether it's Ukraine crisis, or now when um, the terror attacks in Israel. So we, we started getting phone calls. From large organizations like the OU to more mom and pop fundraisers, people that want to help in the situation now in Israel, everybody wants to be involved. Everybody wants to um, feel connected. Every Jew has this feeling that they, like, they, they want to do something. So in the in here in America, we're you know. People, people want to know what they could do, and there's a thrill. Everybody, there's, there's hundreds of of small people doing doing good things, and thank God, Baruch Hashem, we're getting phone calls from a lot of them, and asking them to help us fundraise. That's how we got to Golly Diskin. She reached out, reached out, but so her project and there's a thrill. Okay, so basically, you guys are an organization that really is the platform the behind all of these different initiatives to create 
effective change on the ground and um, you make it happen. And the people usually that are trying to make it happen. So here we have a crisis in Eretz Israel and Israel, and we have many, many people that are trying to do small things, but very impactful things. And you guys are the way that they can make it happen. So if they're trying to fundraise for, I mean, I've heard so many incredible stories of different people doing things from opening a restaurant and making it, turning it into meals for, for wheels for, for, for soldiers. And every day they're producing, you know, all these thousands of meals and you're able to help them take that, um, dream and make it a reality kind of is that that's what i'm understanding i, I, I don't want to, i don't want to take full credit we're a vehicle for them to okay to, right so you're you're, you're a tool you're one of the tools yeah they're working 24 7 on the grounds and we're able to help them but we can't give them our full service because you know so, so quickly but we're able to at least give them a platform and some basic yeah. advice to help them try to reach you know to, to, to reach out to the crowds okay so let's go back to golly now so, Golly, tell us a little bit about who reached out to who and how you are a part of all of this. Okay. So, first of all, I want to say thank you because now I'm listening and I'm thinking to myself, you know, as this was going on and we're so busy, I didn't I didn't look at the whole picture. I knew that Charity and Menachem and, and I knew that and Chaya and everyone, I knew that um, they're doing such an amazing thing, but really... I'm so busy into that. And like now I'm sitting down and I'm listening and I'm saying, oh my gosh, it's really, it's really because of them that we were able to do so much more than than we were doing. Because what happened was we started, we we have, I opened up um a WhatsApp group for Chesed in the Corona. Cause um we started having all these people that needed things and I didn't know what to do. I said, um, I can't do everything. And and this one needs medicine, this one needs food, and this family can't go out, they need toys. I started calling my friends and someone said to me, listen, you can't call us the same 10 people over and over again, let's open up a WhatsApp group. So we opened up a WhatsApp group and very slowly, we got 400 volunteers because we were also giving passes to people that could leave the house when you weren't allowed to leave the house. Everybody wanted to help. All the yeshiva boys that weren't in yeshiva and all the people that didn't have work. And we were doing so much that we got, um, we got like, uh, um, how do you say, from from the mayor and from a lot of people, we got all these, um, how do you call it? Support. Um, you know, like they called us in to give us these plaques and you oh, know, awards. okay, awards. We were like they were this... recognizing your 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 yes. like on Mach where I live, was everyone was talking about it because there was so much chesed going on that they were going crazy. We were like really helping out everyone, and they had the least problems here. And it was so amazing that after the corona, people really didn't want to leave this group. Hmm. So what happened? Um we started to hear about all these families that were coming right after the war, like a day or two after, that were running away from home. And they were in Sterot, in in, in, Tivot, in uh, Ashkelon, and they were, you know, sirens all day. And not only sirens, they were also um, rockets that fell near people's houses, in people's houses. So they just took themselves and and, and, and flew out of there with, with the army. The army took them because it was dangerous to, to drive. And they just came to different places. And a lot of people came here to Ramat Shlomo. A lot of people opened up their houses to, to put these people in their houses. And they came with nothing. So we had to start to help them out. So this family needed food and clothing. And we start, I started putting in the group, who has size four, six, eight, nine, ten 10 shoes, um, clothing. Um, and that was just the basics. So we needed to start you know, with with food and and then it went to toys, but it was like a Shabbos robe and kerchiefs and underwear and, and socks and everything, everything. And then it started to be that people needed food for Shabbos. If they were, let's say, got an apartments, people that were due, that were having babies, they gave their apartments. It 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 it's not it's unbelievable how much people were doing for other people. People were leaving their apartments so that they could give people apartments. They were going to their children or their parents so they could give, yeah. And so we needed to, you know, do every, it, just from A to Z, you know? And you had and you had and, 400 people at this time on your WhatsApp group? This is still 400 or is it growing? 
No, we had a little, I have a little bit less because we separated the WhatsApps, but it's not like these people couldn't, it's like a quiet WhatsApp. It's like I put a, uh, you know, a like a request and some people, you know, you know, you know, can help. And, and it's, it's, um, it's like a dynamic thing, you know, and, um, but money was running out. I was like, just making my husband crazy and my family and, you know, anyone that I knew that wants to help, but it was really running out. And my friend said to me, I have a great idea. Let's, let's put some kind of, uh, an, you know, we'll explain what it is. Uh, my sister-in-law, Suri, has um, um, in between carpools. Let's put it out there. I said, no, I'm not asking anyone for money. No way. I'm not going to do that. She said, just, let's just try, you know, let's try. People in America want to help and they, they want to do what they could do. What They want to know what they could do. Let's, Let's just tell them, you know, and we did. And in a very short time, we we collected twenty thousand over twenty thousand dollars, which is you know a hundred thousand shekel here. And we were able to do so much more, you know. We we give them lunch. There's about sixty to eighty, depends on on the day. Um, people that eat lunch, we have a, a like a gymboree in the in the center over here, and we open it up, and then. Um, we started, we said, you know, these people are not in their houses. They can't cook. Let's get them food. So we got, we got someone that cooked for them, a couple of people that cooked for them. So we went to buy the food and they cooked. And then we started to see that the mothers, they weren't just giving the kids, they were calling their husbands. And we saw how important it was. So we didn't want to stop. So every day we gave them food, um, which is a lot of people, you know, And but it was so helpful for them. So they had where to play. They had a couple hours so they could just be there. Um, now what's happening is, is that a lot of people are like settling and they suddenly, they don't have a job. They don't have an income. The kid, a lot of the kids in Sterot, Netivot, Ashkelon, there is no school. And people that work there or had Kolel there, they're, they're not. And there's such a big balagan that they're still not getting paid. So these people are quite desperate. They don't have money. Very desperate, very desperate. So we're trying from so many different places to try to help them with money. And um, now also a lot of people need um therapists they're very nervous they're very traumatized they they're not at home the kids don't have a place to be they don't have their home they don't have a regular schedule they went through so much we still hear sirens so we're trying to get you know therapists for less money that they could help out so there's a lot of things it's you know it's Constantly becoming changing. Well, because as each day changes, a week goes by, the needs are evolving and there are like are new things that you need. So now you've got them closed and they have a place to stay. And now we have a food established, a certain meals a day, but then the need grows and the need changes and it's evolving. So tell me a little bit about how you connected with, um, with charity. Okay. So we, we didn't know how to do this. And um, my husband knows Menachem and he said, talk to Menachem. He is charity. <laughs> so we spoke to him and he helped us out and opened up the campaign and, and that's how it went. So he created a platform for you and now you're fundraising on this platform. And yeah. every day there's new needs that are coming up. Tell us a little bit about the current need that is happening for like, what what are the, what is the request that you're getting right now? What's, so, you know, so a lot of people want to help and they want to help and they're doing so many things, but like, it's so important. The people that are on the ground, you know what the need is. Right. And it's like you right. said, it's constantly changing. Tell right. Us so what that. we do is, so what we do is we go to the, every single day, we go to the center, to this uh, jamboree and we sit with the mothers and sometimes the fathers and we ask them, what, what do you need? What do you need today? So yesterday we had someone that was telling us that her son, that's 20 since since the the war started, he's not talking. He's he's not talking. Wow. Yeah. So we're looking for someone for him. And 
Yes. And there's a lady that has two kids that are on the spectrum. One is three and a half, one is six. And because she lives in Kiryat Gat, that is not, it's, they're not allowing her to get um, financial uh, ability to go in. Like she has to pay if she wants to put them in special needs school. She doesn't have all the forms. She doesn't. So we're helping her with the forms. We're helping her with every single family that comes has their special needs. There's a family that um, their baby was born with um, uh, like kidney failure. He had um, um, he had a kidney uh, they, uh, transplant, and the mother stopped working because she was taking care of him. Now he's two and a half. They came here, they're from Netivot, they came here and they were staying by their um, brother and, and sister-in-law. And the, the husband, they just found out um, that he has leukemia. So um, it's devastating. So he has to be in a in a place with nobody there. And so now we're, we're, we're getting him an apartment in Evakov and help with the kids. Like we take each family. We're not like a big organization. We're very, we're very, we're little and we're very um, specific. Like we go to each person, we ask them what they need. Um, there's one that's Ethiopian um, from lady and she doesn't want to put her kids anywhere because her kids are very dark. So she said now to go into Cheder and to school, she's scared that they're going to be laughed at. So they're home in a tiny little <coughs> basement. Her kids don't go out. Um, so, so we got them toys. So each family has their needs, you know, but it's really, and also let's say there's one that's a seamstress. So we got her, um, uh, a sewing machine so that she could do something or someone that does nails. So we got her stuff to be able to do so that at least for now, because nobody knows what's going to be, if anyone, you know, knew, then they would know it's a week, it's two weeks, it's a month, you know, nobody knows what's going to be. So they're trying to figure it out and find right now what could help them for right now. Right. I want to just add one thing, you know, when, I, when it seems that, that the needs are constantly changing. When I first, when, when, when they first called me, I was speaking to uh, Gali's partner, Rachel, and, 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 and the, they, they were talking about how they make Shabbos for 90 families or something in a hotel somewhere. Right. right. Yeah. And then she told me a story. It was live as we spoke. And I was just, it was, I've said it over a few times. It's an amazing story. She said, she, we were in the middle of setting up the campaign. And she tells me that she has to, it was like, a, it was 5 p.m., um, around 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That means it was 12 o'clock at night in Israel. I think so, somewhere around there. She tells me she's going to call me back. Like in, in, in five minutes, she has to go deliver. They, they, they sent like a few hundred pairs of scissors to the, to, the, to the army. Is this correct? Anyways, she calls me back five minutes later. <clears throat> she tells me, you have to hear the story. We're delivering, we're, 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 the truck is here to deliver tzitzis. So we're, put, we're bringing tzitzis onto the, on, onto the truck. And a police car stops them and, 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 and sees that they're, put, they're putting tzitzis on the truck. He stops them, he gets out, and he asks for a pair of tzitzis himself. Wow. And that, that's it's unbelievable. Also, what happened was is like now there's just there's not one thing. There's not just the families from the south. There's not just the apartments to get them and their needs. It's so many things. It's the soldiers. It's I have a neighbor who is a Chabad. He's a Chabad guy. He sings and he goes three times a week to to the south. He goes to the fish store, to the meat store, and he gets things to make them, you know, barbecue, and he sings for them. And he takes his kids, and he does this. I asked him today, I see it on his status all the time. I asked him today, um, how much does it cost you to do? He said, 5,000 shekel, depends on how many soldiers there are, but 5,000 shekel each time. And this is not a rich guy. And he is collecting for for that from, from friends and family. He feels that's so important. I have a friend that has a son that, that got killed in the army five years ago. And and they he already gave out 10,000 fill-in. He is now, he has a request for fill-in. He said, he said, he talked to me, he told me every minute, but he says it doesn't end. So there are so many things 
that that people need like there's no end you just you start with one thing and there's another thing and then there's another thing you know and it just it's 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 mind-boggling how much is going on and how many people want to help and how many people need help and how many people um are are coming closer to Hashem and and you want to help them because you see that this is the time this is the time to like catch it you see people everything is changing around us and you want to help in so many ways. You know, we also had this thing with, um, with the cakes we had, um, I put it, we put in the group who wants to make cakes because in the hotels they give them food, but for Shabbos, there's no cakes. We had, um, hundreds of women that made cakes. So we went to, to give it out into the, you know, to hotels, uh, Arab Shabbos. So many little things that are, this thing and this thing and clothing. So the clothing that we're getting, so it, it goes to some somewhere to this big place, and there's a whole bunch of girls that are sorting it out according to, um, you know, what is neat sizes and winter and summer, and then they take it to hotel and have uh, in the Olive Tree Hotel. There's this huge room, and everyone can come pick out clothing. I'm just saying, I'm going on and on and on. There's just right. so many things. There's a variety. So here's my question. Golly, how do you uh, stay centered? I mean, what you're describing, I'm feeling in my, like I start, I'm starting to feel overwhelmed. Just like right. it's, it doesn't, so I don't so, like there's not, you don't, you don't, but I want to understand. So what is your secret that you're staying able to do one thing and keep going from thing to thing? Doesn't it feel like endless? And and like, am I making even a difference that the need is so great? Of course, you're making an impact. I'm not questioning that, but I'm saying, how do you stay not overwhelmed. How do you stay calm and, and able to do one thing and keep doing it and keep doing it? Because I see how much, I how happy we make each family that you help even a little, a little bit, fa a family that gets a little bit of money so they could go shopping, you know, and a family that um, could come to the place to play and the kids play there. And we have babysitters and the parents could go out a little bit and, and you know, for one hour and leave their kids. And I see how what it does to them. So that gives me strength to understand that we just have to continue. And Rachel is the uh, centered one and the one that writes everything down and, and knows what we have to do and knows where we have to go. And I'm like, da -da 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 -da, I'm all over the place, you know? No, 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 now we're here. No, where are you now? Oh my gosh, don't ask. I went to buy this and that, you know? Um, you have a partner, Rachel, who's keeping you grounded too. That's one of your oh, other yes. secrets. She, she's the grounded one. Yeah, she's amazing. 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 Tell me the, what is the most, like, tell me one story that really has, has you very, very moved and really it's like the most impactful story that you could share with us. So, you know, <laughs> you're going to laugh because it, it's going to sound not, not so important, but when I saw the first, the, like the second, the third day that they were coming to eat and they were coming, bringing the kids to play. And I saw one of the mothers going outside and like slowly going like this and calling her husband that he should come eat there because there's food. I, I broke down because I it didn't seem like it's such a big deal to me. And then when I started seeing that at one o'clock, all the fathers are coming, I thought to myself, all it is is food. It's not, it's lunch. Just to think what it is for them broke my heart so much because I said, they're not, they don't know where they're going to be tomorrow. I'm not even talking about the families that lost, that have children in the army, that lost family, that knows people. I'm not even talking about that whole, you know, hostage, forget that, which I know a lot of people that have people that they know um, that, that have been um, hurt from that. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about all the thousands and thousands of people that don't have a home. They don't have a home. They're, they don't know where they're going to be tomorrow. They don't have their stuff. One lady told me yesterday that um, she and her parents left Ashkelon. Her father needs um, um, dialysis three times a week. And um, they they put him in Bet Shemesh and he has to go to Be'er Sheva to do it there. And someone has to drive him there three times a week. And the whole thing is just with, you know, volunteers that just come pick you up, take you, bring you back to a house that's not even your house, that you don't have your things there. It's just very, very, very heartbreaking, the whole situation. So you try a little bit to... Yeah. Golly, yeah. what was your life like before October 7th? What were you busy with then? Mm -hmm. 
I'm curious. Um, like, what do you, what, like, what is your, what does your regular life look like before this took on? I understand I, I'd love to COVID. stretch your question. Mazel, I love your questions that you're asking. And I'd love to stretch the question to Go Golly ahead. about if she can share what influenced her thinking and what influenced her to get involved at the, at the level she's getting involved at. Yes. I love that. I love that question. Thank you, Chaya. Okay, so actually I was talking to Kaya yesterday about this. It came by the way, and I was telling her that that's for a different podcast, but I was stabbed um, 29 years ago by two Arabs who came into my house. I was pregnant in my sixth month. My little children were next to me and uh, two Arabs came into my house, took out a big knife and started to stab me. They tried to, to I had 116 stitches here. Um, I have my whole body to to show. I, I even had um, an American doctor who said, I want to, he's a, um, a plastic surgeon. I want to, to fix it. And I said, no way. This is what I am going to show my grandchildren. And I do. Um, and two Arabs came into my house. My children saw, they tried to kill me. I fought them. At a certain point, I turned around and the knife that was a new knife broke on my head and we were saved. And I said to my children- okay, well, Wait, how were you saved? I, I mean- get the, knife, the, the knife broke on my head. It okay. dis the, disconnected. The bottom of the knife, the handle with the, uh, the and the tap just disconnected and it broke. And so the Arab, you know, got scared and he ran away. And I, I ran to my kids. <laughs> I was at the, sh I was in the shower at the time. Okay. And um, I, I fought for, I, I got strength like a lion. I I did. I don't know where I got. I do know where I got the strength, but I I, I became very strong, and I was fighting them off, and 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 um, and then I just it was the whole thing was just a big fat miracle, and the knife broke on my head, and he ran away, and I ran back to my kids, and I and I you know, and I I caught them, and I called my husband, I called my my sister and my friend, I said I was stabbed, I'm going to die, and I hung up the phone. And um, my sister and my friend um, who lived right next to me ran over to me. And once they took Yoshua, my baby, away, um, I, I collapsed. But till then, I was very strong. And 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 then afterwards, my husband is is uh, he's a contractor and he works with Arabs and and we had to learn how to you know live with them. And I always told my kids all the years, I said to them, you know, we had two Arabs coming to the house and they had a, a big jagged knife and we were saved. So whatever has to happen will happen. And and my kids always, whenever there were all these, you know, um, um, terror attacks, my kids were never scared. My kids would go on buses and they would always strengthen everyone. And And, you know, it's like in our DNA. You know, it's just if you don't mind me asking, it happened. Were these Arabs accosted? Were they caught? Did they did you ever find out who it was? Were they? Yes. yes. And you want to hear that uh, two days before this Arab, he came to my I was in the kitchen with my friend. He came to the window. He showed me that he got cut. He didn't know how to talk in Hebrew. He showed me his hand and and he showed me from the window. He thought maybe I'll help him from the window. And I, I told him, come inside. And, and and I gave him a towel and water. And I said, oh, my God, I felt so bad for him. I said, I, I saw a big cut. Oh, my God. You know, how can I help him? Meanwhile, he was looking at my house, how he could get in and, you know, kill me. So this whole thing with, you know, them, you know, you helping them out and then they kill you for it is an old story, you know, yeah. just by wow. the way. Wow. So, uh, so tell us how, how is this? So you're, what I'm hearing you say, and tell me if I'm hearing correctly, is that you were such a you know you're a hero in the story like you it strengthened you to a point that there's it almost is like you're fearless at this point you Hashem saved you you came out strong you have the I am fearless. and 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 it's it's like something that has impacted your children as well to the point that you feel like all that there is is to help other people and help strengthen yeah. them there's there's no need for fear 
I had for years afterward, no, of course there isn't. For years afterwards, I would go to people that were stabbed or that got killed. And I said, listen, I just want you to know that at the end, before, you know, you all you do is you fight for your life. Like for me, it was like I wasn't scared when it was happening. And, and I was, you know, I almost died. I lost a lot of blood. But for me, it was important to tell people that that went through it that don't feel that that people died people that were close to died like don't 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 worry what was at the end because you don't think of anything you you just fight i don't know if it made sense but for no, me no, I it was you're, saying. you're saying that like when you're in that moment you're you know you're imagining your loved one in such a state of fear and panic but what's really happening is, is that they're 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 coming to a place of strength and there's no fear right. at that moment Exactly. But don't worry about your loved ones. There's there. no pain. There's also no pain. There's no pain and there's no fear. You just you fight, you get this crazy thing. You're like you're like a lion and you fight. Yeah. And yeah, I became fearless and I I'm people hate listening to me because all I do is talk about bitachon and emuna and whatever's gonna have to happen is gonna happen. It doesn't matter where you are. And and you know, we go into the, you know, into the mamad, into the to the room. What do you call it? Um, uh, yes, your um, bomb shelter. Because, yeah, because, you know, you have to show the kids that you're responsible and, and, and you do what they tell you to do. But, we're, you know, we're not we're not scared. Wow. So tell me, how has that experience brought you to where you are today? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I just think that uh, I was talking to Chaya about it and I was thinking it definitely, it definitely did something to me, you know, um, I guess when I hear all these things and what these people went through and, and I don't know, I, I, I guess it, it's, it's inside, it's inside. I, I, I'm part of it also, you know, I don't know. That's incredible. Wow. And you know what? I want to tell you something. If anybody would have told, would ask me if I rather that it wouldn't be, I would say no. This is the story of my life. This Hold is on. the story. Let me pause you. Are you saying that when you say I'd rather not be like, are you talking about the experience that you went through personally? Yeah. Say you could have, have avoided all of that and never have had that experience. No. You're saying that you would rather like you're looking back now and you're saying, be really in real life. That's an idea from Chassidus and Tanya um, talks about that idea, but thank you Hashem for what you've given me is what is, is what it sounds like you're saying. Can, can you explain that for us? I feel like that's that it made me strong and made me be so with so much Amuna and it, it, it just made me who I am. And, and it, it was an experience that, that made me grow and that made me feel like, like, you know, first of all, fearless. And also that, uh, I don't know, you you know, you could, I, I could have, not trying to sound like a, a hero, but you could take a situation that happens to you and really, uh, you know, and you could take it and say, oh my gosh, listen, we were saved. We were saved. I, you know, Hashem was there and he was, and he's always here and we were saved and oh my gosh, wow, you know, amazing. So, so for me, it was like, this is something that that happened to me and I thank Hashem that it happened to me and that we got out of it like that and and I saw such miracles that it, it it's special wow so you're yeah, this is so beautiful we couldn't have wow. scripted this Razel and I have had countless <laughs> conversations you know this is trauma informed you know the ace Sara Lyakov umimena umimena yibashaya and when you, having lived through this, says, I wouldn't trade it in for anything in the world. It's from this that I grew. That's tremendous. Really is. Yeah. Hashem. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I am looking around here in Israel. And I'm, 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 I'm saying today was like a day that I was telling my mother. I was telling Rachel before. And I was saying this Look at look at what's going on. First of all, all the people that were anti and you know that what happened. Oh my, nothing, nothing could have changed them this way. Like 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 this is something that changed everyone. Everyone became so Jewish. Everyone is suddenly so connected to Hashem. This this could never have happened otherwise. So, so I mean, you're saying so. You're saying that 
you're looking around, you're saying what was prior to October 7th, the divide and the anger and the, the animosity between people was so great that it didn't seem like anything could really change that. And now you're witnessing that what the, the unity, the achdos, the, the, the feeling for one another is beyond anything you could imagine. We would never have thought that we could ever get to this point. Yes, yes. And you know what? When the three boys were um, kidnapped and there was three weeks of davening, constant davening, and this is what we felt. The achdut that was in Am Yisrael, you felt it in the air. It was like a time that when I think back of the three boys, the, the songs that I listen and I hear, I get this feeling of like that 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 was such a special time by Am Yisrael. Yeah. And a feeling that was right before um, October 7th, that everyone hates everyone. And the animosity for Frumkite and for soldiers and for Lomdei Torah was so big that this transformation that happened is is not normal. It's not to be believed. But I would say it's, it's, even, it's, it's, even, it's even greater than that because it has moved, it's crossed the borders. It's come even into America and into the world. So we here, you know, I'm a Chabad Rebetzin here in the Boston area, and we're seeing that in our communities, the desire for, for Torah, the desire for connection, the desire for, to feel for, it has awoken their souls to a point that they, what we, you know, many of us have maybe have tried to forget who we were at our core for a variety of reasons. And all of a sudden we're being reminded of who we are at our core. The new woke movement. Say that again. The new what? The new woke movement. It's the right. New, it's the awoke woke movement. Awoke. Right. We, we are now awake. By the way, by the way, if you're a Rebetzin, a Chabad Rebetzin, I want to tell you something really cute. My children are ninth generation Gaon Mivilna and ninth generation Abaratanya. Wow, such yechus yeah. here. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. And wow. I live on a Pavlu Babich. So I always tell them, you know, you have the big web on the wall, but I, yeah. <laughs> you live on Pavlu Babich. Beautiful. It's beautiful. What an incredible wow. thing, Small Golly. World. It's so powerful. Now I want to bring us, Basil, can I just, can I um, bring us back to something that we started with? Because we also are lucky on this, you know, right now we're together as a panel, we can say. Menachem's yeah. here and you know, golly, what you shared is tremendous. Thank you. So, you know, charity now, we're doing these huge campaigns. You know, Magen David Adom brought in over 3 million and Zaka had brought in over 2.4 million and the Friends of the IDF and there's Kibbutzim and hospitals and emergency classrooms around, you know, around the globe. And then we knew about golly and people like, through, through Menachem and people like Gali, even just yesterday, the founder of charity calls me on a Sunday night to say that there are there are musicians that have been going to Israel to to cheer on the soldiers and they also want to bring in money, but they're not part of a nonprofit and there are many like that. So Charity Foundation, Charity has a foundation and Charity Foundation came out with their statement that we're we're can be your you're, uh, first of all, they're giving the campaign, they're doing campaigns for more than 50% off that they usually cost, and that we can be your fiscal sponsor. And thus, we're able to bring on many, many people with really open, good hearts to be able to give. And I'm curious, you know, to even ask uh, Menachem of, Menachem has been very heavily involved. That's why I asked him to join. And what what would you might see as a you know significant breakthrough? We're listening to Gali's stories, and there's so many more. You might have a significant breakthrough that you already know of, and you know, and continued to be able to to do and accomplish through this hard time. I I see large organizations raising a lot of money. I could see large organizations struggling for money. I could see small organizations raising a lot of money, or new organizations raising a lot of money, and new organizations struggling for money. But what I see is over here, there's two things happening. Number one is people are looking at, this is a question that that, that, that I think um, there's no real answer for, but people are looking for, people are confused. Donors are confused. They're not sure where to go. Because this impact that's going on, with the, this since October 7th, the 100 million shekel that the charity has raised, is not even one percent of the money that's needed for to take care of of, of the travesty that happened 
a lot of the big donors are waiting to see till some dust settles to see where they should be giving. You know, everybody's at the same time though, there is unbelievable impact that people are having now. You know, we're doing a campaign with this, you know, for with the the arts girl together with Shai Grauch. He started an organization called Yachan Natsech, which was also running a campaign with us. They've raised on our platform alone a little more than three million dollars. Everybody wants to be involved and, and he's doing amazing work. Everybody wants to feel like they can have an impact. And I think I think the lesson that we can learn over here is that so, but, but people are confused. People are not sure. Should I give money to a small mom and pop? Or should I give money to the big people? Will the big people are the big people's money gonna go go gonna be going to to, to the right places? Are is money gonna get lost? People want people want to see you know what's what's more important. The beauty I see I think I see over here is happening. And I think that, that large organizations need to understand this and small organizations need to understand this. Yeah. That everyone, everyone, like you said before, is 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 is, is connecting, is united now. That everyone feels like the responsibility to our Israel in some point, some point. On the other hand, though, we're not sure how we could help. So when Mrs. when 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 the Chabad of Boston is doing is running a charity campaign, and they reach out to Chaya Abelski to say, "Listen, can you give money? So since you're friends, you're going to give. You're you'll give. You're going to give hundred dollars, eighteen dollars, fifty, whatever that whatever number you're going to give, you're going to give. But will Chaya Abelski go right now and reach out to her family and friends for because she's friendly with?" The Schustermans in, in Boston, probably not. Peabody, just want to say we're not Shluchem in Boston. We are Shluchem in Peabody, Massachusetts. You, but yes, Peabody, just yes. to clarify. Yeah, okay. so if, if I'm fundraising and I ask Chaya to send them at, will she go to her family and ask them? Very, very. It, it's a, what, we, what we call fundraising, the third generation fundraising. It's, it's, it's a second generation already. You don't see that years ago when we started a charity, it happened because it was exciting. All of a sudden, campaigns are running. It was it was, it was a normal thing to do. You got to help us out. You got to see what's happening. And help not. An organization that deals with special ed, special needs children, cancer patients very often will get a second generation lead. Donate donation. The reason is because Chaya doesn't live in Peabody. She's not directly dealing with unless she's your sister or related to you on a very strong impact. She's she she's friends with you and she's gonna and, and she'll give you a donation. In, in Israel, since every, this is the whole world. The whole Jewish community is looking, is feeling guilty that we're not part of this. Once I have a direct connection, or even a second, even a second generation direct connection to somebody that's doing something, but all of a sudden you become, you're, you're, you feel like I um, you feel like okay, I my, my brother told me, my brother knows about the, what's going on over there, and they're able to validate that this is an important cause. So I'm going to actually go raise money. For something that is that is not directly connected to me, but my friend is connected to them. So the opportunity we have over here is that um, the organizations in Israel should be finding their friends and ask them, ask their friends to reach out to their friends to fundraise for them as well. Let me just finish off with a final question. Um, I'll ask this to you, Gali, and to Chaya. How have you changed since October 7th? What has changed for you personally? Since Simchas Tara this year. Chaya, you go first. So to me, what changed is in general to see that everything, you know, everything is about the care that we're able to give for people. That's how I drive my life on. And when we're able to, I'm very that I'm very fortunate to work in a in a place that we could right away show our care through our corporate mission of what we're about and be able to do have such impact it's Haidula Hashem the best that I can do sitting here in 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 Brooklyn New York and to then witness the unity that's going on in the world is incredible on a webinar that we did with OU and Shai Grouch was on that as well and we had a philanthropist they were talking about the unity that's going on with with you know amongst each other and when we're united you then read in the paper how pizza stores were cashewing their kitchens to make sure that the soldiers were eating kitchen so when we're that's together we're Trey, respecting the same Trey pizza places you have to you have to understand 
trade restaurants that were anti-anti went and kosher their kitchens so that soldiers that are from could eat from the food they're sending. Beautiful. That's mind-boggling. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what about you, Golly? Thank you, Razel. I want to say something really, you know, I don't know if controversial or primitive, but I am very excited because I am so sure that Mashiach is here. I I, I can't even tell you. I'm like excited. I, 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 I'm like walking around, even though it's war and it's very hard. And today I was at in the mall with my mother and I was telling her I cannot, I can't buy anything. I'm not in the mood to buy anything. It's just, and this lady passed by and she said, you know, and so that's the whole, that whole thing is very difficult and to see, but, 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 but the, the davening and the achdut and the caring and the, the, everything that's going around, I feel like Mashiach is here and it's going to be like so, such a short time. So I'm excited. Wow. So it's such an incredible thing that you just said. It's like this idea that I really live with and it's something that I learned in psychology, but it's such a true point in Yiddishkeit and Chassidus as well. This idea that two things can be true at the same time. And they, they it seems impossible because they're almost opposites. But yet here we are. You're just what you just described this is exactly that. Yifshar, like I, I can't even bring myself to buy something. And at the same time, Mashiach, I feel Mashiach. I feel like this intense hope and this intense feeling of opportunity that has never been here before. So it, this is Mashiach. And it's incredible because I think that's something we have to remember that whenever we're in a situation that we have to remember that two things could be true, it helps us to be able to stay grounded. And I think that's really golly what you're really doing. Like you said, how you're doing it. I think that's the answer. You said, I don't know, but I think that's what you just said is really your answer because you're able to be hopeful and do, 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 even at the same time as you're feeling this intense pain and this twisting of your stomach and the kishkas. And yet you're you're going ahead and you're forging ahead and doing what you have to do. It's it's quite. And I do not have I do not have to go to a psychologist. I'm just going to call you because you just <laughs> you just really helped me. Are you really, you know, explain to me me. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, I am a lot of psychologists, but I'm a life coach and uh, that's something that I do do. But um, thank you, Golly. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Chaya, for, for encouraging thank you me to use thank this you. information for a voice for Israel. Thank you for all that you're doing, Golly. Thank you for being on Rehov Lubavitch with your beautiful family and living in a fearless way and spreading the light. You're really, really a beautiful shlucha and doing such an yeah. incredible work. Hashem should give you the kayach to continue yeah. doing what you have to do and that we should all be able to wake up tomorrow morning or tonight, even before, and to hear the good news that Mashiach is here. Please, Hashem, Amen. hear our tefillah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and 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 Chaya, thank you so much. It was such a was such an honor to meet you, really, and you really too. Nice. It was just really beautiful. Thank you so much.